All the dreaded time for the NFL has come up as the Super Bowl's over. And now everybody gets to talk about the things the NFL doesn't want you to talk about. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome, welcome back once again to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark, and he's flying solo tonight. And honestly, you know, we, we just can't seem to get enough of the NFL, and we do these little short shows during the week. And I'm going get, to get into some of the things the NFL is really just kind of dreading and not looking forward to. We got some sunshine we're going to talk about because, you know what, the Rams, they got to do their Super Bowl parade today. So, you know, that's great. But as the parade wound down and things start to shift to the offseason, the NFL is just not super excited to have you hear about all the things that everyone's going to be talking about because, you know, we got baseball would normally be picking up right now. And we know baseball doesn't carry as big of a mallet as the NFL does. But baseball's in a lockout, and every day and every week that goes by, there just seems to be less and less news, unless you talk about the Nationals trying to sneak in a $350 contract to Juan Soto before the lockout started. So there are some news of notes out there, but the news cycle for baseball is just going to continue to be slow until we start getting into the latter portions of the spring if we don't have things resolved, and then everybody's going to be losing their mind. That being said, the NFL is going to go into a full cycle of all of the negative publicity that's just been able to get swept under the rug as as far as the games are being played. You know, as long as we got games in front of us, you know, the NFL is doing good. And do you remember not too long ago about how everyone just kind of rolled their eyes and didn't really want to see football back in Los Angeles. And and truth be told, the Super Bowl, you know, you probably had as many Bengals fans in attendance as you did Rams fans in their hometown. But the ratings came out for the Super Bowl, and it doesn't matter that the L.A. market wasn't in the top ten because that's a huge market. It's It's massive. But the number one and number two rated markets in the entire country was Cincinnati, which, you know, they've been starved for a Super Bowl for so long. Can you guess what number two was? It was Detroit. So all the jokes we make about Detroit hanging a banner for Stafford and whatnot, it might as well be true because they were they were watching the game more than anybody else. But it wasn't just Cincinnati and Detroit. It was the entire country tuning in. 112.3 million viewers across all platforms. And I saw some estimates say it might even be up to 120 if you're counting streaming platforms that may not be registered. But anyway, it's a 14% increase over last year's Super Bowl. So it feels like it wasn't that long ago with all the politics and things that the NFL kept meddling or getting involved with that people were saying, I'm done with the NFL and I'm not going to watch anymore. And to be honest with you, I think we all know somebody who probably quit watching. But for every person that quit watching, there's new fans that come up all the time. And there's people that are engaged more than ever. Gambling is is the saving grace here. You have more apps and more states that are coming online by the minute that are giving us the ability to just stay interacted with the NFL. And then you also have fantasy football, still the biggest thing out there. Look, we all here at We Don't Know Sports we play fantasy baseball. We play fantasy basketball. We play fantasy football. And fantasy football by far is the easiest because it really just comes down to having a good draft. And if you're in a deep league, it's you're not watching it every single day like you are in basketball or in baseball. Those you're looking every morning, making lineup changes and things like that. So 
the the laissez-faire uh, perspective or the, the lazy fan can can really get in the NFL and, and learn it probably easier than anybody any other sport just because of the way it's geared right now and they do a great job with their marketing and their media engines and you know I, I don't know what the halftime show did yet but it doesn't seem like the halftime show turned anybody off. I, everybody still watched it. I'm I'm still curious to see if maybe they got a spike of, of viewership whenever the halftime show started. The only time I remember that happening, and I, I can't be 100% accurate on this, but I remember the Michael Jackson Super Bowl halftime show, I believe is the only one that showed an increase in viewership for the game just during halftime. But that was Michael Jackson. That's the king of pop. That is the gold standard on what all halftime shows should be measured to. Uh, Now, we did ask the fans out there what their favorite halftime performances of all time were. And I think we're going to talk about that more on the big show tomorrow. But, you know, if you get time, swing over to our social media. You can check out uh, We Don't Know Sports on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our videos. And, you know, feel free to let us know what you think about the halftime show because we're going to have a lot of talking points about that. That should be fun and interesting. Um, But as I I transition off of uh, just the, the Super Bowl I want to give a quick shout out to my boy, Mr. Brown, and what he's doing over with the baseball group, America's Pastime. So if you're a baseball fan at all, make sure you check out America's Pastime on Facebook. It's the fastest growing baseball group out there, and it's the fastest growing group of former Major League Baseball players that interact with the fans each and every day. So Mr. Brown's going to police it, and he's going to make sure that not everybody's going to be a knucklehead in there. But if you like getting autographs or asking uh, player questions or getting a perspective from big leaguers who've spent time at the high level in the sport, you know, that's the group for you. And there's all kinds of good history, knowledge, trivia, fan segments, things like that. They drop in there all the time. And as we get back into baseball season, we look forward to having more guests come on We Don't Know Sports and on Mr. Brown's special Beat the Shift so we can get some more insight and direct from the horse's mouth on some of the greats that have played. So uh, not tooting anybody's horn here for him, but Mr. Brown will tell you that if he had to put together a lineup from everybody in their prime that's in the group, he'd probably go like 140 and uh, 22 maybe. He's, he's got a pretty good uh, – his bullpen and starting pitching staff. There, there's a collection of Cy Youngs and All-Stars there. But anyway, the, the other thing the NFL doesn't want you to know about – is what we all hear all the time. All the rumblings about how, you know, the power, the money, and everything in the league is just making everything go. And now that we're in the offseason, there's time for the casual fan to kind of, you know, absorb some of the news about Stephen Ross and the Miami Dolphins and the Brian Flores lawsuit. And if he was paid $100,000 to throw games. I mean, those are serious accusations, and those are things that if, you know, 75% of the owners out there call bullshit, then they can run Steven Ross out of the league and make him sell the team. Now, do I think that's what's going to happen? Probably not, but we get to watch this stuff play out in front of us and see what happens, and I'm a big proponent on let's just wait for the facts to come out. Like, we know Brian Flores has a lawsuit. It's a class action lawsuit. And, you know, he has every right and and honestly, every privilege to do those things. Like that's that's what he's uh, set out to do is try to right some wrongs that he feels are out there. But ignore all that for a second and just think about the fact that if you have an owner who is willingly throwing games, 
I mean, this is this is like the movie Major League, right? This is this is where the owner just wants to lose so badly that they have to relocate the team. I would say it's almost like the real life Tampa Bay Rays, but uh, they wouldn't move them to Montreal. So the 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 point is. How much of a scumbag is Steven Ross for trying to make this happen if it turns out to be true? So now this is where the news cycle gets a little quiet and this stuff becomes more of your, your first take and your, your skipping Shannon conversations that come up. The other one that's out there is the Washington Commanders. I, I can't even say it. The Washington emails. Uh, you know, they're still having their, their way. Uh, to battle with the federal government and the NFL is part of that because you know they didn't like the way the investigation was handled when it came to John Gruden's emails and, and all that nonsense. So you know they're not allowed to go get a, a independent investigator anymore. The, the Congress is deciding to step in and they're looking at these things and there's more stories that come out each and every day. We got the one last week with Dan Snyder specifically just being a piece of shit if that turns out to be true. So those are things that we get to kind of sit back and just wait and watch for it to unfold. All they want is the 650,000 emails that the NFL had in their investigation turned over so they can go through and make it public because, you know, the Congress can step in there because of the antitrust benefit that they give the NFL and, and whatnot. So we'll see if that happens. But the last time Washington tried to do anything with emails, it, it hasn't been good. So I don't expect much to happen there. And I'm sure they've all gone full Hillary and started smashing their servers if they were smart. So that, that would probably be uh, number one there. Uh, the other thing that came out today was there was the story out of the Dallas Cowboys, which this wasn't breaking news, but it was about the amount they settled a lawsuit with the former uh, cheerleaders at the time, who I, I can't remember his name, but the director or the president of talent relations or public relations, public relations is what it was. Uh, he uh, apparently liked the voyeur in the locker room for the the cheerleaders, which uh, is a big no no. And you know, there's a lot of conflicting reports around that. There's a huge story that came out that highlighted a lot of details. But basically, you had several cheerleaders walk away with uh, I think around six hundred thousand uh, dollars after the uh, settlement because they ended up settling out of court. But the the thing about this was the Cowboys stuck to their guns and they did not discipline the public relations guy. They he, he ended up working for, I think, six more years. I think he finally retired in 2020. But the, the and again, you know, you wait till the facts come out and things like that. But it looks like it didn't paint a very good light on him. And I guess they sent him a reprimand like they give us like an internal citation. Like, don't do that. Don't go into the girls locker room. And he said he just accidentally walked in there. didn't know that they were uh, present at the time or changing or whatever. Uh, but the girl said he had out his cell. He had his iPhone out, you know, doing a little uh, snip snap maybe. So you know, just a, just a dirty story overall. And, you know, I can't sit here and say what should have happened because I haven't educated myself enough on the details. I just something that caught my eye here about an hour or so ago, but you know, that's not a good look for the, the NFL again. You have that sitting out there uh, along with it. So that's breaking news, uh, essentially, at least as far as what the settlement was and everything. I think 2016, everyone's done forgot about that issue if they didn't remember it in the first place. So that's tied in there with more negative publicity. And then you have Deshaun Watson that still has to play out. 
You know, he he's out there saying there's a list of teams he'd like to play for, like the Bucks and the and the Vikings, uh, which is crazy because the Vikings they they're going to make a decision about if they're still married to Kirk Cousins or not. But last time I checked, Deshaun Watson's stuff still wasn't all resolved, uh, I believe. I I think it's still going through the legal process. Like, uh, I remember Trevor Bauer's stuff got dropped by the DA. I saw that, but I don't recall that Deshaun Watson's stuff is all clean and clear. So if you're another team and you're wanting to take a risk on him, are you still ready to do that? Or do we need some time to pass to make sure that this is the direction we want to go with? Because there's some... uh, there's some shaky ground there, so I don't know. Just something to keep an eye on. Will Deshaun Watson uh, be playing in in preseason ball with another team? He's definitely not going to be on the Texans. We know that, or at least the Texans are not going to put him on the field. But, like, what's the trade stock for him still? We don't know. And I, I know free agency starts in a few weeks. We got the NFL draft coming up. There's a lot of things out there that can still happen between now and then. And you know what? I mean, what if a what if a team like the Steelers are able to make a move on Deshaun Watson? You know, a lot of the people out there will laugh at that and say, well, that just fits right in with Ben Roethlisberger. But, you know, a lot of that Roethlisberger stuff was 15 years ago, it seems like. So maybe uh, Deshaun Watson can go to Pittsburgh and have 15 years of a clean bill of health as far as his public uh, image goes. But the important thing is you got to wait on this stuff to kind of settle and let the facts shake out. But that's uh, those are the things, just some of the things that the NFL is looking forward to uh, in the offseason. So Brian Flores and his lawsuit did Stephen Ross, uh, or you know, I think Hugh Jackson backed down on the Cleveland thing. But you know, Cleveland too was mentioned as as trying to be paying coaches for throwing games. You have the Cowboys scandal that just kind of got finalized and got a ribbon put on it. Uh, You still have uh, the Congress uh, trying to unload those 650,000 emails from uh, the Washington emails and uh, the NFL. And then you have the Deshaun Watson saga playing out as well. So that's what you get to watch uh, for the remainder of the spring and summer as far as NFL news goes. The other thing I just want to kind of jump on here because we were having a little fun talking about Super Bowl odds last night, and I just found the MVP odds for next year, and I know this is breaking news. You're probably surprised to hear this, but the top dog, the guy with the – actually, it's a tie. There's two gentlemen who are considered the odds-on favorite for the MVP, and you wouldn't believe it. One of them's Aaron Rodgers. I know, right? Like, can you believe it? He's actually favored for Of course. You know, he just keeps winning them because we decide that before the playoffs and we don't get to judge him for losing mercilessly in the first round. And then Patrick Mahomes is the other one. So Mahomes and Rodgers, those are your odds-on favorites for MVP next year. No surprise there. Josh Allen comes in third. Uh, and then Joey Burrow rising up. He's he's the fourth guy at 1,200 just ahead of Justin Herbert. And I think people kind of forgot about Justin Herbert because they missed the playoffs, but he's right there. Stafford's behind him. Derrick Henry's in there. And then Dak Prescott, which that that surprised me, him being that high. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Cooper Cup's the highest uh, wide receiver uh, listed. Henry, the highest running back. And then uh, you, you go through Kyler Murray's right behind Cooper Cup, and you know we don't we don't even know how that saga. There's another saga we get to watch play out in the NFL, so we'll see how that goes. Debo Samuel high on the list, Jonathan Taylor high on the list, 
So if you want to want to spend some money, those are some guys that you might be able to get some good odds on. Uh, but Tom Brady is a plus forty five hundred, and last time I checked, he had retired. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, that odds or those odds actually stick and and stay the same. Because right before I got on the podcast, there was a bunch of Twitter activity with a lot of people saying that people who've been close to Tom Brady uh, say that he uh, there, there is doubt that he is actually finished. And uh, newsflash, I don't think anybody thought there wasn't any doubt. It, it's been speculative already just because the way he worded it and then the way he said on the podcast about never say never. And, I, you know, I think the dude's going to probably just chill for like a month or two and, you know, we'll make a decision eventually, but, you know, he, he's going to go enjoy family life and things like that. But man, that's just not for everybody. You know, he, he could end up being like uh, Reese Bobby in Talladega Nights. Once things get a little too normal, he just wants to get drunk and get thrown out of Applebee's. And, you know, he's still dialed into the NFL because he was tweeting to Matt Stafford about their Super Bowl parade today saying, trust me, bud, you got to mix in a water here or there. You got to take it easy. Uh, and then the the other uh, wonderful highlight I wanted to throw out about the the Super Bowl uh, parade was the shirt that uh, Andrew Whitworth was rocking, which was the young picture of Cooper Cup, and uh, that's uh, that's that's respect right there. And then uh, last but not least, when it comes to the Rams. Aaron Donald was hinting about, we're going to run it back one more time. And there's a lot of people out there saying that he was probably done. He was going to retire. And you know what? I, you know, it's it's more common to see that nowadays. I mean, yeah, we got a guy like Tom Brady who played till he's 45, but he's not playing in the trenches every day. Aaron Donald is in these small car crash collisions on a, on a nightly uh, basis, essentially, or a, a Sunday basis, at least. And, you know, he was thinking about maybe hanging it up. And the fact he got the ring, a lot of people thought maybe he could he could kind of say, all right, I've done all there is to do. Uh, he's considered the best interior lineman that we have in the game and, and is more than likely a, a Sherlock Hall of Famer. But now he's talking about maybe running it back. And you know what? The Rams, uh, they got some decisions they got to make. But, I mean, why not run it back? I mean, you, you you got one, like you got to defend it, right? Like nobody's ever satisfied about a team that doesn't defend their title. And, and like, just take this for example. Let's just go back, rewind the clock just a couple years. Because, yeah, we've been dealing with COVID for that long. We, we, we got to kind of embrace a phenomenon uh, because we were without sports, right? Live sports were canceled and we watched The Last Dance. And we love the last dance. Like we we do it here at We Don't Know Sports at least. But most people really enjoyed it. It was huge uh viewership for for uh ESPN. A lot of people really enjoyed the fact that it just new episodes, man. It was like must see TV. They they drug it out. It was it was just a, a work of art. But let's not forget what happened, right? Like the Bulls just had the three peat. And it wasn't out of the realm of possibility that that team could have stayed together and defended it one more time. And whether you want to believe what happened in the documentary and the Jerry Krause stuff or Pippen wanting to go out on his own and get his caught, which, you know, he got paid eventually. Uh, the, the thing was, as fans and just appreciation for uh, greatness, we did not get to see them try to get that elusive fourth championship. 
And who knows if they would have been able to or not. You know, they, they were all getting older and, and the league continues to get better each year as far as talent goes. And they and ultimately Jordan walked away and all the parts and pieces got parceled off and the Bulls have never been the same since. So I remember at the time just feeling kind of deflated that we didn't get a chance to watch him run it back. So as much as I'm still brokenhearted over the Bengals losing that game, come on, Rams, you got to run it back. You got to try at least one more time. You got you got to go. Look at look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady tried to run it back, and now he's saying he might be retired. Well, he never said the word retired, but you know what I'm saying. He gave it a chance. He tried to run it back one time, and then now he's walking away from it. So Aaron Donald, I know, I know you can retire, but run it back, baby. You just got one more chance, one more chance in you to to see if you can be back-to-back. And you know how hard it is to go back-to-back in the NFL? It just don't happen anymore. So that's all I'm saying for Mr. Aaron Donald and L.A. Rams and McVay and all those guys who are now thinking about riding off into the sunset. I know you're in L.A. and there's a lot of shit to do out there, but you can also go win some football games and try to bring one more. And maybe you can actually build a fan base that will support you and be in the top ten when it comes to Super Bowl viewership next time you're in it. That's all I got tonight, everybody. Enjoy uh, your morning as you're listening to this or tonight if you're catching me here on Wednesday night. We'll be back tomorrow night on Thursday night for the big show. This is Chad the Mark signing off. Until next time, bye-bye.